0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Pod's Own Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. I'm Chris Byrne, the Yorkshire Post political editor, and today I'm joined by Bex Wyman, who is the Green Party candidate for the South Yorkshire mayoral election, which is just a few weeks away now. Um, bex is a full-time senior business analyst who says she wants to fight to reduce energy bills and emissions and create a britain with absolutely no fracking which is an issue that i'm really hoping to speak to her about along with plenty of other things too so hi thanks so much for joining me today um great to see you
1: thanks chris thanks for having me
0: and no problem at all so bex could you tell me a little bit more firstly about yourself um also your current job, which sounds fascinating, and also how you ended up getting involved with the Green Party.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's quite a journey I've been on, really. So um, as far as, you know, who, who I am, born and bred Yorkshire last, to be honest. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I, I love Yorkshire. I love where I live. Um, and I've actually sort of hopped around quite a, a few places, really. So um, I grew up in, in Winkerbank in Sheffield near Meadowhall. Uh, then our family moved to um to rotherham in bramley when i was 13. um and you know so i understand a lot about uh sheffield and and rotherham and then i have family in barnsley so we'd always go and visit my auntie in barnsley um and uh my parents now live in doncaster taking (laughs) all the boxes (laughs) perfect all four completely (laughs) 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 um but you can imagine just sort of having that sort of experience of, you know, the region. It really got me just interested in knowing about how to improve things and make them better. And actually, when uh, it was when I was in Rotherham that I got most active, because I'm one of them people that are, are quite different in politics, as in I didn't used to vote. Oh, and really? That was so yeah, I didn't used to vote. And it came to a point where I just thought, I was talking to my sister and she was like, well, why, you know, why don't you vote? And I was like, because I feel like I would do more damage um, making a vote because I don't understand what I'm voting for. I don't understand what all this is. So then she said, why don't you just read through the manifestos? So I think it was 2015. I did. I sat down, had plenty of coffee, and I read through every single manifesto. And I had an epiphany. I was like, ha, huh, I'm a green. <laughs> um so, yeah, since since then, I've just been on this journey of of trying to make my life as green as possible. And actually, it's really difficult and, and it should be so much easier. And the government has so much control on making that journey easier for people to be as green as possible. So, you know, it really should be the cheapest available. So
0: I'm super interested to learn a bit more about that. So what what steps have you... Been taking or tried to take, and what kind of roadblocks have you found along the way in doing that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, fr- from lots of different areas, really. So if I take it as a, a political one and a personal one, perhaps because there are two two sure. very different beats. Um, on a on a you know a personal level, it was the small things, just like well, where to shop? That's the that's the best. You know, trying to avoid the big supermarkets. Um, and, and and trying to move to a more sustainable diet. So there's, there's lots of things like that that in 2015 were a lot harder back then and and I think that there's this gradual movement that is taking traction now. You know, you can see lots more more be- people uh, being vegan. Um, I am trying to be vegan. I struggle with cheese. <laughs> 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 it is my absolute favourite. I am trying lots of alternatives. And ultimately, it's just about getting out there and trying different things. Um, and and now and sharing that knowledge with other people. So, so uh, one thing, did was- you mind me Had got- you
0: been a meat eater before 2015? And Part of me. the political journey as well.
1: Absolutely. I my, one of my favourite meals was steak, and you know, um, I've sort of worked my way up to be in a position of privilege to be able to experience, you know, a life like that mm. because I have come from, you know, poverty basically, um, being a single parent for, for, with my first child, and ultimately I I know what it's like when you're actually on the breadline. So I've got so much, um, just heartfelt angst for the people that are going through that right now you know it's it, this time at the moment especially with the budget that's just come out it has not reached anything that we need to achieve to help people who are on the breadline and ultimately going under that at the minute so um so the journey to as far as on a personal level it's it's hard and it's costly um ultimately to make the right choices for, for the planet um and so what I tried to do on the other side, on the political side, was actually vote in the right way to make sure that we can get those changes in the government rather than just on a personal level.
0: So, so what could the government be doing better? I guess more pertinently, maybe, is what could the mayor, kind of a, a, a mayoral role, what could that change in terms of helping that situation that you've just described?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a a great question because a lot of, I mean, the the first sort of three focuses that I've got as in the mayoral position is about transport, housing and skills. But actually, there's a lot underlying of that as well with actually getting um, sustainable foods out there and just championing the right kinds of small businesses. Um, and the right kinds of um, you know the way that supermarkets work you can influence using your position as mayor to say actually all the food waste that you get from the supermarkets what are you doing with that you know and just laying challenge to that to say surely there's a better way for you to um, you know approach that I know I think it was Waitrose that had sort of hundreds and hundreds of this just food waste and it it could have gone you know to, to charities it could have gone to Um, all the you know the 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 pop-up places that you've got now where you you can actually go and 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 get some free free food which in 2015 and before that for me that just wasn't available back then and and the the fact that that's needed now it's such a a a, a big issue so using that influence as as the mayor to say what are you doing with this waste Um, and obviously getting the right skills um, involved in um in the local businesses to to encourage that and subsidize as well Um, there's a great um shop near me um called the bear uh, alternative and that's all about you know you can get all your lentils and everything there at zero waste less packaging but it is costly so i wonder if we could actually subsidize some of that for the consumer you know i think that there's things like that that we can do as in positions of power to encourage to encourage
0: Uh, can can i ask you um, obviously uh, the mayoralty is a huge role absolutely huge role have you run for for office before for the greens um or is this
1: i've yeah i mean it's the first sort of large role because it's it's quite a, a large role um and and actually i just thought time in my life right now it's time to go for it you know um What happened uh, sort of at the beginnings of my political career was that I went to vote green. So that was the Uh first point, just voting green. And there was nobody there for me to vote for. So I then said, okay, how do I make it so that I can vote green next time? And I went out and I sought after the Sheffield Green Party, of which the Rotherham Green Party was part of that. So then I went to lots of meetings and we actually created a Rotherham Green Party ourselves so that then somebody could Vote Green, um, and then I ended up yes voting for myself because I stood as a for, for a local position. Cut out the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> Cut out the middleman. Just just vote Green. Vote for myself. Um, but yeah, very sort of small grassroots um, organisation. That you know, I mean, they're a lovely set of people that are building and building. So it ultimately it is a you've got to build that momentum and build that growth. Um, so that's what the Rotherham Party are doing now. And now I've moved to Sheffield very, very different in that, you know, they are uh, in power with the, the the council at the moment, you know. So they, they've been doing a marvellous job of, of holding people to account and really putting that green voice out there. Um, and I actually... St- uh, took a step back mainly um due to pregnancy actually I had a, a difficult pregnancy the second time round, and it just took the the wind out of my sails really um but since then you know my my youngest is uh is it's been a whirlwind obviously but uh I thoroughly enjoy it and and now it's now is the time for me to to jump back in um and and try and get into uh you know some sort of positions in So so
0: can I ask, because um, I I was looking back before this interview on kind of how the 2018 um, election had gone, and at the time it was called the Sheffield City Region, now the South Yorkshire mayoral election, but at the time the Greens finished fifth with um, 7.8% of the vote. Um, But as you've just said, since then there's been quite a considerable amount of progress for the party, particularly in Sheffield. Um, So taking all of that in the round, I mean, what do you see as your chances this time and, and what for you would be success in this election?
1: Um, if I'm completely honest, my I already feel like I am bringing success to this because uh, one of my main aims and my core values is to actually try and get more women in power. Um, I absolutely think that that is the right way to go. There needs to be more balance. Um, and I feel that I'm the right person that can, can bring that about mainly because of the roles that I've had in, in technology in that, um, I do work in a very male dominated environment at the moment. So I feel that that is, that's something I can bring to the, to the the team really. Um, but as far as, you know, uh, chances, I, you know, I'm sticking around for a while now, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens and, um, I would be very, very pleased if, if I, if I got in. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping that we can build on, on, on what we did last time. Uh, but there's definitely uh, an appetite, I think, from, from people that I've been speaking to. Um, there's a lot of unrest with the, the two major parties. And I think that um it's a real good opportunity for people to vote green mm-hmm. you know if you want green vote green it, it's it, that's what it is and because yeah.
0: it's a slightly different to uh, i was gonna say normal election but in that there's a first and second preference as well isn't there that, that people almost have two bites of the cherry in some ways don't they for, for who they want to vote for in this particular election
1: yeah, that, and that's absolutely right. And, and, and you know, and if people like, you know, what we're saying and they like the manifesto that we're going to put out there, do put the, the Green vote as the first preference. You know, the, the, there's no harm in that whatsoever. And it would be absolutely brilliant to get um, some difference in those sort of higher roles. You know, let, let's, see, um, let's see what the Greens can do. You know, I'd, I'd be gunning for it. So, so can
0: <laughs> I ask, if you were elected, what would you how would you kind of seek to do the role and what kind of policies would you be aiming to, to implement?
1: Um, it, It's a really good question, actually, because I think that unless you're in it, you can't, you don't know yet. Ultimately, I have a good idea in my head of how I'd approach that. Um, and I think that going to lots of, of meetings with people, I mean, we, in April, we've got Um, Five or six, maybe seven hustings lined up. So just sort of talking to people and getting to understand what, you know, what is needed. Um, As I say, we've got our manifesto that's coming together and we've got a really good idea uh, of what we'd want to do, such as, you know, looking at housing, jobs and skills and transport. Um, but ultimately, there's a few things that we could do straight away that we that we know are are a given that are needed, such as the bus franchising that, that Dan Jarvis has had a lot of pressure put on him for, quite rightly, in my opinion. Um, so that there are some real tangible things that we can go in straight away to do. But actually, I want to open that up to more conversation rather than consultation, because as soon as people hear consultation, it's like, oh, you're not really listening to what we're saying. I really want to open conversations with people to see what what we need to do. And then when I'm in it, I'll understand how it all works and then I can actually uh, make some change and progress it basically. Um, I know I've, I've witnessed a few of the meetings that happen already and uh, I have to be told to put my hand down because I wanted to get involved <laughs> straight away. Um, but uh, it, I think that, yeah, you've got to be in it and understand it to influence it. Um, so,
0: and c- Can I ask you, we, we kind of briefly touched on it, ve- very briefly touched on it earlier, kind of the cost of living crisis that's affecting so many people at the moment. What can you do at, at kind of the local mayoral level? on issues like that?
1: Yeah, I, um, it's a really, really good question. And actually, there is a lot that we can do. So um, if we if we talk to uh, maybe the housing side of things. So actually, the, there's a lot of... I mean, I found out recently that the, the house I'm living in at the minute, in a temporary place, is going to be knocked down and rebuilt. And the building regulations don't stipulate that it has to be anywhere near any green regulations at all. So that's one of the first things that we could do is actually really put some traction into retrofitting homes and giving good insulation um, because a lot of that is not, it's still not done. You know, it's been on the radar for a long time, but we've not actually gained much traction and, and done more of it. Um, so, you know, insulation of homes is, is absolutely critical that we can push and influence. Um, and also looking at um, the eco-sprung approach, um, which is basically how to insulate it from you know blocks of uh, of buildings, so that there's technology out there that we can use um, that has has been used yeah. you know in, in Germany and, and all over. So you know let's bring that into into the UK and and, and why not start in South Yorkshire um, and also uh, putting more into the the solar energy as well. So. Th- Again, I know a friend at work that uh, would love to have solar panels, but they're hanging on um, because there may be the next step. Uh, you know, the next new technology that'll be better. Mm. And if, but if somebody said to, to them, "You can go and have a subsidy for this," they'd do it straight away. So there is appetite for that that the government can pay into to and and you know there's money in budget there to do that
0: And, and can i ask about um something that your your kind of mission statement on the green party website says that you're against but there's um there's calls from there seems to be largely conservative mps as a way of they would argue um addressing some of the energy problems which is fracking um, which is obviously a huge issue in Yorkshire because there's so many sites in Yorkshire, including Rotherham, that had kind of been mooted as sites for fracking. Um, yeah. Can you just explain why are you against it? And, and I, I presume you don't accept kind of the arguments they're making that that this would help us sort of reduce our reliance on Russian gas and thereby help reduce the cost of living to some extent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because ultimately, we, we need to keep our fossils in the ground. Um, that That's the ultimate uh, um, issue there. However, it doesn't actually, it, it may well in the shorter term reduce uh, our, our gas, Im- you know, for, for exp- importing it in, it may well re- reduce that. But actually reducing at the core, such as insulating our homes and changing the, uh, the energy, that's the way to, to, to go. And as far as as fracking goes it is so unsafe um and 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 you, you can only you only see that through i mean may, some people might not have seen it but that i saw a program on um on how it's affected in america and and the just des, you know decimation of of the environment that fracking causes is is just unsustainable you know it it is should not be the way to go um and and ultimately it it's not tackling the root cause it's just trying to put a plaster over it so for me we need to be looking at different things and i know that um hydrogen has been talked about as well um and, and greens advocate green hydrogen over blue um but even then it's still it's a longer term it's a, it is definitely a slow burn it's a longer term approach so the shorter term is to get the technology that's already out there working for us um,
0: can, can I ask just just on that, because it's just struck me really when we've been speaking. I mean, how how worried are you about climate change and, and kind of the way things are heading at the minute? Because it feels like, we, obviously we had COP26 a few months ago, although it feels a lot longer ago. Um, yeah. It feels like there is growing awareness of the issues, but there seems to kind of be a lack of action in terms of seeing things being any different in our day-to-day lives at the minute?
1: Yeah, I, absolutely. And I think that the worry is there for me. Uh, and I've been on a number of meetings where um, one of our local councillors actually fed back from COP twenty-six, um, and he, he was so eloquent in the in, in actually giving us hope. So ultimately, the climate is changing now. That there's no two ways about that. It's it's evident with. The floods that we've had recently with the lovely gorgeous sunny weather that we've now got you know it is the evidence is there um it's now just trying to get more momentum and people um really campaigning for that and ultimately in my in my opinion i mean i'm going to say this because i'm standing in a political space we have to get the right people in power to, to then force some of the, those changes into um in, into our daily lives um, and it's not about making us poorer either, um, because I think that there's this this general feeling that if we go greener, it's going to cost us more. Ultimately, it isn't. The investments that are already out there for the te- technology, because I'm, you know, in technology myself, I love a gadget, I love technology. There's so much out there um, in, in, the, in the energy sector, in the housing sector, you know, and, and skills. We need to bring that in to sort of say... Come in and, and use these these bits of technology, um, and ultimately, it'll make it cheaper for us and save the planet at the same time. So for me, it you know, it just works. Yeah. Um, so we have to get the right people in in power to make sure that they're pushing the right things.
0: That's fantastic. And there was just one other thing that I I wanted to ask you about because I was having a look at your Twitter account um, just before this interview, and I think it was a week or so ago um, that you mentioned um, that you were. I think was it to do with LB lgbtq plus day or an awareness day and you mentioned that you're standing for uh, election obviously and but you're proud to be pansexual um and could you tell me a a little bit about that and b why you decided to go public about it i don't know whether you sort of been public about it before before kind of those those tweets
1: yeah, I mean, thanks, Chris. I think it's a really important thing to to talk about because ultimately it was a surprising thing for me because it was a real journey. And actually with this journey of, you know, going green and, and you know, just um, exploring who I am, I I then got chal- challenged or talked to about, you know, some other people that I'd met and really understanding what pansexuality is. It's about the connection that you have with people rather than it being about gender mm-hmm. And I just didn't even know until, you know, a few, well, about a year ago now. And it it just felt really warm and fuzzy to know where I belonged, you know, like to have a label to say this is what I am. And I think it's so important to have that identity. Um, And... For me I, I was just bowled over and my parents were just like well, well that's good <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know it, it's just one of you know one of those things and um so accepted so the reason I went public about that is because I of who I am because I am loud I am proud but I'm also really kind as well um so what I did do is actually consult the LGBTQA um, plus I, uh, community and said, you know, there's this history coming up. What do you want to see from a candidate? Mm. And a lot of them said personal, if you can, because why not, you know, why not be loud and proud about who we are um, as, as people? So I think it's really important.
0: And um, what was kind of the reaction from friends and family and political colleagues like when when you've been telling them and I, I mean obviously people will have seen the tweets but I presume you've told people face to face before that and things like that
1: yeah yeah absolutely I mean in, in conversations that it came up um as I, as I mentioned you know my folks they it, it was just such a uh a a natural thing for them really that they they not that I mean actually my dad was like, well what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I just explained it and he's like, oh that's all right. And then we had a, a great conversation over a beer and it was it was really pleasant. Um I think in some other, you know, some other areas, um certainly my dad then went away I think and thought about it and and said um, you know, putting that out publicly I can see why it might cause a bit of a rift really. Um, And I think that it's because times are changing and it's because in order to have more acceptance and inclusivity about what we do, we need to be able to stand and say, well, this is who I am and not hide. Um, And and I think that it, it doesn't always go down well, but I'm really glad that I can, have that space and have the privilege to be able to say that and
0: I guess that has a really nice parallel to your political journey too that kind of personal journey of of discovery and then not just acceptance but then acting on it and 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 you know moving forward with it I guess
1: yeah absolutely it's it's certainly felt brilliant to be in my own skin and you know be able to still pursue a, a political career so i am yeah i'm chuffed a bit to be honest well
0: look thank you so so much for your time um good luck with the campaign and all the hustings events that are coming up soon and um hope to speak to you soon
1: lovely thanks Chris. no
0: worries cheers thank you for listening to this week's episode of Pod's Own country. If you have any topics you think we should be covering or any stories you think we should be digging into, please get in touch with me um, via email, chris.burn at jpimedia.co.uk. Speak next week.